Hello and welcome to the Zion Oil and Gas Podcast. Before we get started, it is recommended by our legal advisors to read the forward-looking statement for the next one minute and a half. Stay tuned. This podcast contains forward-looking statements, statements in this communication that are not historical fact, including statements regarding Zion's planned operations, anticipated attributes of geological strata that may be drilled or tested in the future, import of the drilling rig it purchased into Israel in a timely manner, and Zion's ability to successfully raise the funds needed to undertake all of its planned exploration efforts, Zion's ability to continue as a going concern, Zion's ability to have its common stock continue to be listed on the NASDAQ capital market, the timing and completion of the processing, interpretation of the results, and plans contingent thereon of the 3D seismic survey, the timing of the importation onto the well site of the purchased drilling rig, approvals needed for the rig's erection and startup, the effect, if any, of the coronavirus pandemic on the timing of the delivery and startup of the well, and operational risks in ongoing exploration efforts, are forward-looking statements which are made pursuant to the safe harbor provisions of Section 27A of the Securities Act of 1933, as amended, and Section 21E of the Securities and Exchange Act of 1934, as amended. These forward-looking statements are based on assumptions that are subject to significant known and unknown risks, uncertainties, and other unpredictable factors, many of which are described in Zion's periodic reports filed with the SEC and are beyond Zion's control. These risks could cause Zion's actual performance to differ materially from the results predicted by these forward-looking statements. Zion can give no assurance that the expectations reflected in these statements will prove to be correct and assumes no responsibility to update these statements. Hello and welcome to the Zion Oil and Gas Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Summy. Vice President of Marketing and Investor Relations with Zion Oil and Gas. Hello, and today's guest is Miss Virginia Proden. Miss Virginia Proden is an international human rights attorney, an allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom, a sought-after international speaker, and an author that you can learn more about at virginiaprodenbooks.com. Her memoir, Saving My Assassin, was published in 2016 by Tyndale House Publishers. She is the president and the founder of Virginia Proden Ministries, and you can learn more about that at virginiaproden.com. Ms. Proden earned a Juris Doctor degree at the Bucharest Law School in Romania and was licensed in 1977. She was exiled from Ceausescu's Romania in 1988 for defending human rights cases, which concerned Ceausescu's persecution of Christians in communist Romania. She earned a Master of Laws, uh, LLM International, in 1995 and earned a Juris Doctor in 1997 from Southern Methodist University here in Dallas. She is licensed in Colorado and in the United States District Court for the Northern District of Texas. She was an intern for the Institute for Justice in Washington, D.C., and was an intern for U.S. Judge Sidney Fitzwater of the Northern District of Texas. She taught as the adjunct faculty at El Centro College Paralegal Program. Ms. Virginia Proden has been appointed by the Texas Governor Greg Abbott to the Texas Holocaust and Genocide Commission 
has served as a board of directors in several political and professional groups or clubs. She is on the advisory board of Stand with Persecuted Churches, the 21st Century Wilberforce Ministry, and a forward woman uh, or forward women, and just finished her third term as the State Republican Executive Committee Women, SREC for Senate District 16. Ms. Virginia Proden currently resides in Dallas, Texas, where she enjoys practicing law, writing, attending the opera and the symphony, and traveling for pleasure. She has two daughters and a son. She also enjoys her numerous speaking engagements, where she continues to inspire and impact lives with her incredible true life story. Virginia is also a victory coach, training people to stand up to their giants their personal giants, and create a courageous, purpose-filled, and abundant life. She holds Facebook Live broadcasts each Wednesday and Saturday morning on her Facebook page at 10 a.m. Central. That's Texas time, 10 a.m. Central on Wednesday and Saturday, those Facebook Lives. And of course, if you want to contact her, you can do so through virginiaprodenbooks.com slash contact. So welcome and shalom, Virginia. Thank you so much for being here on the Zion Oil and Gas podcast. Welcome. Thank you so very much for having me, Andrew. Appreciate that very much. Well, I've been very excited about having this conversation. Uh, I've read your book. Uh, I've been rereading your book before this uh, conversation uh, because I, I wanted a certain things to come out in this conversation uh, just so that our shareholders, our supporters here at Zion understand the type of people that are on our board of directors. And that, that actually is one of my first questions, just so that there's a sense of context, is that how did you connect with Zion and become a board director? Oh, I believe that it was God's directions because uh, um, I uh, was looking for a place to come and do um, with my um, um, video team uh, a short video. And one of my friends that is uh, a good friend who is uh, John Brown, um, introduced me and he said, yes, of course, I would love Virginia to come to our office and, and do the video here. And after we did the video, John had a long conversation with me. And shortly after that, he said, Virginia, I need you in my board of directors. So I accepted his, uh, his invitation and I am enjoying very, very much. I'm honored to be. I'm, in fact, the only woman <laughs> in the, um, on the board. So I'm, uh, I'm honored to be. I learn a lot and I'm very touched by uh, your fate, uh, all of you, your fate, John's fate and everybody's fate and um, the purpose that you have and the work that you are doing. So well, and it wouldn't be, it would definitely not be, you know, you moving here, uh, you know, living here after your years in, in Romania and, and your story, which I encourage everyone to read. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But you can't not be in Texas and be involved in some form or fashion with the oil and gas industry. So I'm, I'm very glad that you are. And then, of course, with Israel, it just 
it, it just makes a whole lot of sense. And uh, you've just been an incredible asset to the board of directors uh, uh, in your time here. So now I, I think one of the, the best things for our, our shareholders and listeners is to really have an idea of hearing about your story. Uh, like I said, I read your book, uh, Saving My Assassin. Uh, it's out by Tyndale Publishers. Uh, perhaps you could give us a little bit of highlights before we deep dive and talk about a couple of things that I think would be very interesting. Maybe give us a little bit of a highlight of your story so that people have a context uh, of, of where you're coming from. Um, my book, Saving My Assassin, is my memoir. And I'm very uh, honored that the Lord allowed me to have my memoir published and also um, graciously um, created in my memoir the answer that I had, the, the reason I wanted to write the book. I wanted people to know how big our God is and how he can use one life to change a country and to change people's life and also how horrible it is to live in a society where a socialist society where you do not have freedom so uh, i heard from a lot of uh, my readers uh, that many of them accepted christ or many of them uh, changed their perspective of uh, so-called being in love with uh, socialism, because I was born uh, in socialist Romania. And as a kid, mm. I uh, noticed around me people being fearful and politically correct every single day and trying to do whatever the socialist government asked them to do, and uh, especially my parents, um, and I watched them inside of the house being fearful and uh, whispering um, how horrible the government is or was because uh, they will take uh, their freedom more and more every single day, no matter how submissive they were. So uh, as a kid, I was uh, petrified knowing that my parents will not protect me and uh, for government, I don't count like lives every life uh, didn't mm. count. So that make me think about, find a way of looking, and I was looking around to find a way to find someone who was speaking the truth because I realized as a kid, the adults knew the truth, but they were fearful to speak the truth. And um, that- and, uh, why, and why do you think that, having lived through that and, and thinking back to that, what do you think came before that made it so that these that the adults that you watched were so fearful to speak that truth? I uh, I believe that God put on my heart the desire to find a courage and to find a way to speak up the truth. And I believe that was the purpose that he put in my life. If we, each one of us, will look at our life, we will find that there is something in our life that will say, it shouldn't be this way. I know there is a better way. That is God's purpose for your life. And that was what God put in my life. I didn't have, I look for people around me to be courageous. And I thought, you know, that the only way, because I noticed at our family reunion that 
people will be uh, grouped in three pla- in three groups. And I did mm-hmm. my search, and all the people that were answering questions and everything that others have were lawyers. And for me, as a young person, I thought, oh, I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to learn about the truth, and I'm going to speak up for the truth, even though my the lawyers in my family did not speak, uh, sp- speak the truth. But God had a much better plan. And so this way, I, I, uh, I went to law school. And, um, and you talked about one of your inspirations for being a truth teller and being, and that, uh, do you mind if I read a section of your book? Because I think it just says it so well on page uh, 34 of chapter three, it says, and this was when you were in high school and you were writing a report and you wrote this report on, and I may be saying this wrong, Mercea the Great. Uh-huh, uh, Mercea del Betron. Okay, so you said this, and I quote from your book. I chose to write about my hero, Mercea del Betron, later known as Mercea the Great. Mercea ruled Wallachia, an important state of Romania, from 1386 to 1418. He was a wise and great military leader, and he was a fair ruler to all. Many Romanians consider Mercia to be the bravest and ablest of the Christian princes. Not only did he bring great stability to both the state and the country, he was also a strong supporter of the church, building many beautiful churches in Romania, including one of my favorites, the Cozia Monastery. I don't know what inspired me to write about Mercia that day. But there was one thing I did know for certain. I would have given anything to live under Mercea's reign. What would it feel like, I wondered, to live in a society where people told and valued the truth? What would it be like to experience true freedom? As I reviewed my essay, I marveled at how much Mercea had accomplished. And my heart sank at the sobering realization of how much the people of Romania had lost under communist rule. I could feel my resolve strengthening. I would become an attorney. And when I did, I would declare myself to the constant pursuit. I would dedicate myself to the constant pursuit of truth and freedom, just like Mercia the Great. I mean, that is incredibly powerful. You're you're in high school (laughs) reading about this under communist rule and being inspired by one of the great people of Romania. And that launched you into that that desire to speak the truth from a Christian perspective, correct? Yes, yes, yes. And like God put on my heart a desire to find the truth and fight for freedom, God put puts in each one of our hearts a desire, and that is our mission. That is what we're supposed to do in this life. And if we connect with God and we agree with him, at that time when I, I decided to follow and do, I, I thought that was my desire. Later on, I found out and I accepted Christ. If you read my book, Saving My Assassin, you'll find the information. But even before we know him as our savior, we, each one of us, we have a purpose and a desire. We always say, this should be done differently. I will find a better way. That's your mission. 
And so you, and that was also an incredible thing that uh, you wrote uh, in that same chapter that, and, and I quote, under the communist system, students had to pass two levels of admission to get into law school. In the first level, my political file had to pass inspection and approved file, ver file verified three things. And these three things you had to verify in order to be a, a law school student. One, the applicant and his or her parents had never expressed a critical attitude toward communism. Two, the applicant's parents had never been questioned or arrested by the communist government. And three, the applicant's parents were not Christians. I mean, that's incredible that, that there was that kind of intolerance. I, I think we know this because of the communist atheist system. But how did you, knowing that you were trained within that law school world where you had to do what they say, how did you move? No, I, and I know you explained it in the book, but I want to hear you say it. How did you move to actually speaking the truth after so much indoctrinization? Mm -hmm. First of all, when uh, all these three requirements that you read were not uh, written requirements or not presented publicly because socialists and communists um, speaks uh, in, in fake news and real news. And they, they kept those requirements for themselves uh, so the free world will not know. So when I went to law school, I didn't know that before I was allowed to uh, take the, bar, the exam, uh, entrance exam, that the communist system uh, or socialist and communist system was doing, reviewing my file. Later on, during law school in Romania, we were never told you are here for this reason. But later on, I found out that the socialist and communist regime will always select, and that was in Romania, that will be everywhere where the socialist or communist system establishes. The, when the socialist communist um, is in power, will select lawyer leaders via this process, like they did in Romania, because the graduate of law school will become attorney general, minister of justice, ambassador, judges, or lawyers. And the idea of the socialist system or communist system is to control you, to advance and protect their agenda and fight against those people called dissidents. Again, mm. I didn't find out in law school when after I accepted Christ and I started to defend Christians, I, under interrogation rooms, I was, I was beaten, tortured. I was told to stop defending Christians and dissidents, and they explained the reason why. And they said, you are allowed to, to be part of the elite of the society, to be in law school, because you are supposed to protect us against the dissidents, not the other way around. That was the time when they explained it to me because they wanted to break me and they wanted to make me a submissive person. 
Otherwise, they will believe that based on the propaganda that I was always learned from first grade to law school, I should have known that. But I looked straight into their eyes and I said, nobody told me this before. I went to law school to defend the dissidents and Christians and to speak up for the truth, not the other way around. Wow. Now, what would you say the main aspect to have that courage to be able to look into their eyes when you know they have the power of the states, the, the, the communist system, mm-hmm. and you know that, you know, you know their expectations, their desire for you to obey. Okay. What I, where did you get that power? Yeah. Where did I, you get that strength? The strength, I got it from, from Christ. I want to say that when God gives you uh, a mission, he equips you, he gives you the power, he gives you the courage. The Bible says that when we will be in front of the, of the judge, the Holy Spirit will tell us what to say. That's exactly what happened in my life. When you, in the Old Testament, we have the three uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they mm-hmm. were ready to be thrown into the fire, and they said, we are not going to bow down to a false god. We will honor our God. That's the power that God gives you. That's not part of the Old Testament or a history. That's a real God who gives you the job and equips you. If you read my Bible, my, my, uh, my book, my uh, um, memoir, Saving My Assassin, you will find out that the Lord gave me protection when I was in the interrogation room. When I oh, was, absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, it was just stunning how God worked there. Go exactly, ahead. Exactly, exactly. When I was in the, um, in, in, in the courtroom, even before when clients uh, started to come and, and uh, ask me to defend them, I was a 25 years old uh, young uh, graduate student, graduate um, attorney, because in Romania, after 12th grade, we were allowed to go directly to law school. We didn't have uh, college. So I was very young. And the Lord helped me to find the law that protected um, Christians. In fact, the story is so captivating. I want you to go and read it because the person, uh, those laws that were in the book during the capitalist were not um, uh, taken from the books. They were still in the book for the uh, socialist government to tell the whole world that we have laws, but they were kept under a key so lawyers will not find it. But one day I went to the library and somebody forgot to lock those, uh, those books. So they were ah. there and I found them and I made copies. The Lord guided me to make copies and I made right. copies and I show it to the judge and others. And you will find those steps that how God used me as a tool in God's his hands and how he guided me step by step. So I ask you to read the book with your mission in mind that you will never as a Christian 
and walk, doing God's work, you will never be alone. You will always be guided. You will always have resources. Well, and that's what I loved about uh, you reading your book. It just put in perspective to me. I, I grew up in Dallas. I grew up in the United States. I, I love history. I, I've read a lot about communist history. My, my mother uh, helped uh, uh, Russian uh, immigrants get out of from behind the Iron Curtain and so on. So I, 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 I had exposure to it. But in reading your book and just understanding that there was also another side of it. It says that, am I speaking up for the truth uh, with the spirit of God on a daily basis here where I am now? And I think that's even becoming more and more important. But even even within Zion Oil and Gas, one thing is, is that when John said, hey, uh, Virginia Proden, uh, we're looking at, at having her be... Uh, uh, the next uh, person on the board of directors. Uh, and he gave me your book and said, read this, tell me what you think. I read the book and I, and I said, what I love is, is just her strength and ability and her process of speaking the truth. And he, he told me that he says, that's what I like. I like that no matter what, there are people on the board that will speak the truth and this person, uh, meaning you, uh, you've faced down communist dictatorships and assassins and torture rooms, and you spoke the truth. And our shareholders and, uh, and uh, supporters can know that you will speak up the truth in the boardroom, that you'll speak up the truth no matter what. And I think that's the heart of where we are with a company, but I think that that is what's needed throughout our country. So tell us a little bit about your work on the Texas Holocaust and Genocide Commission. And first, what, tell us what it is and what have you seen with that work? Um, I'm very honored that um, to be part of the Texas Holocaust um, and Genocide Commission. I was appointed by uh, Governor Abbott. Um, commissioners on this um, um, committee have the opportunity to be appointed by the governor, very few of them, others by the lieutenant governor, governor and others by the speaker of the house. So I'm very proud that I was appointed by uh, the governor of Texas this commission is very important and uh, brings awareness of the Holocaust and other genocide to Texas students, educators, and general public by ensuring uh, and uh, the public make sure that they have the resources and also by um, making them aware of uh, the horrible Holocaust or other genocide all over the world and to uphold human lives and inspire citizens to in the, in the prevention of any future uh, atrocities. Um, I, uh, we have um, 
events, usually in Austin or in Dallas or some other cities. But we just finished this week, uh, yesterday, three days on Zoom, having uh, meetings and uh, um, trying to make sure that we are part of uh, what is going on in United States and uh, preventing Holocaust and other atrocities means to all of us, including this, uh, this commission, to respect human lives and, mm. and properties. And you can do it in the name of a cause or, or something, um, destroy lives or destroy properties. And we want to be part of, uh, of this uh, communication in, in America and making sure that uh, freedom of speech uh, is understood and its value, but you do not have freedom to destroy lives or properties. Because that's so do you see a do you see a, a big concern? Are you really concerned about what is happening here in the United States? When uh, you have when you have monuments destroyed and uh, and when you have synagogues and churches being burned down, and you have people killed, like a woman uh, who said all lives matter um, in the name of a cause, that you have a problem. You have a problem. And we have to come in unity because we are God's creation, all of us. Uh, we are all sinners and we all sin in one way or another. Nobody has to apologize to another race or an, another color of skin, but to apologize and repent to God. And mm. he, he will provide he will provide the unity and the past that surpasses all understanding because Christ died for each one of us. And the atrocities usually come, if you look at Holocaust or others, will usually come uh, uh, bundled up in the name of a very good cause. But if you don't pay attention, you will have atrocities. Mm. We. Yeah, that's a that's very important to hear. Uh, and just what we're seeing now, uh, how closely does it echo to what you experienced in communist Romania? Um, first of all, I see uh, Americans being very fearful. They are more fearful of the government than they are uh, to... Um, towards God. And we have to repent and we have to correct that. Um, I say those things in love because I love American people and I love America. American people and America allowed me to live here and to rebuild my life. I know uh, America and American people from overseas and the kind of help that they provided when I was in Romania. And I know America and American people from here from more than 30 years growing up and being an American citizen. So I'm very concerned about uh, God can give us uh, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the boldness to stand up. And also I'm very concerned uh, by the fact that um, 
we don't communicate with or we separate in the name of do not um, be politically correct, uh, talk with people that don't have the same kind of idea or principles like us. Um, I believe 20% of, uh, of the young people in America hold a passport or ever travel outside of United States. So it's very easy for these people to be brainwashed and to be told that America is bad, which is not true. We have a lot of things to be proud and to benefit from the freedom that we have in this country. And um, I think that is so important. What she said is, is that that realization and knowledge that uh, of the difference uh, uh, between countries and the positive things that we do have in this country uh, that you speak of that that really is, is needs to be a part of every uh, country that that knowledge that we all are created in God's image. We are all worthwhile and 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 sacred uh, mm-hmm. because of his image. And uh, we all not not special people, not groups, but we all have fallen short and we need redemption from from him. Uh, I think that is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that comes out in your in your book. And just to wrap up uh, a little bit, you know, with this podcast, and we'll have you back and have further discussions. But what do you see that uh, what Zion Oil is doing for Israel and the Jewish perspective? You know, to have an oil discovery onshore, the broader vision of Zion uh, to to bring God's blessings to Israel. Uh, what do you see that an oil discovery w- would make for Israel and for the Jewish people? First of all, I, I want to say it, it's uh, absolutely an amazing project. I had the opportunity to uh, be in Israel Um too bad that we couldn't have our annual meeting this year in Israel as we planned it. Um, but um, when you walk in Israel, you realize that it is a special place because Christ was born there, because Israel mm-hmm. is a special nation in God's eyes. And he was blessed. Mm-hmm and he will bless others through Israel. Um, I am very honored by all the plans and all the prayers. And I believe like um, every miracle that happened to Israel, uh, finding uh, oil will be an absolutely another God's hands on Israel and God's hands on an American company and supporters who believe God and walk and work on this project. And I believe nothing um, speaks louder than when people see God's hand working in a nation's life or in one person's life. So I, uh, I believe there will be absolutely tremendous. Even right now, 
when you look at the company, on you look at the history, or when you look at all the the things that uh, the company we are doing in Israel, every single step it's a miracle. Absolutely, it's a miracle, yeah. and everybody who supports all um, uh, Zion uh, oil and gas, everybody recognizes that that it's a miracle. It's a miracle that God works through every single person on the board of directors or, uh, you know, vice president and presidents and others like you. So um, I believe it's going to be absolutely amazing. And we are like Daniel, you know, mm. ready to start the battle and, and uh, you know, run to the Goliath of uh, doubts because we know that God has a victory in store for us. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I just want to thank you again, uh, Virginia. Like I said, you know, I'm sure we'll have you on again. Uh, but, you know, to all of our listeners and shareholders, please take the time to go and get Saving My Assassin uh, by Virginia Proden. It's by Tyndale Publishers. And I just want to remind everyone that, you know, Virginia also does victory coach training for people to stand up to their giants in their life. You just mentioned the giants, the Goliaths, and uh, you create a courageous, purpose-filled, abundant life uh, uh, in that training. And you hold Facebook live broadcasts each Wednesday and Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's Texas time, as we like to say around here. Uh, but Wednesday and Saturday at 10 a.m. And if you want to ask Virginia questions or continue the conversation, feel free to go to virginiaprodenbooks.com slash contact. That's virginiaprodenbooks.com slash contact. And Virginia, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with all of us here today. Thank you so very much, Andrew, and I really appreciate it. I'm so honored to be on the board of directors with uh, Zion, and I enjoy um, being here with you on your podcast, uh, Andrew. I'm very, very honored of all your work and every um, podcast that you have done so far, and I am very assured that you will continue to do your amazing job to let people know and be encouraged about what Zion is all about. Thank you so much, Virginia, and uh, have, a, have a great day. Thank you. We want to thank our listeners for listening to the Zion Oil & Gas podcast. Zion Oil & Gas is a public company traded on the NASDAQ market with ticker symbol ZN and explores for oil and gas onshore in Israel on their 99,000 acre Megiddo Jezreel license area. We encourage you to share this podcast with others. Also subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And we look forward to new weeks of this podcast for you. Please know that this podcast contains forward-looking statements. And we encourage you to read the entire forward-looking statement in the details of this podcast. I am Andrew Summy. And for Zion's sake, I will not be silent.
This podcast contains forward-looking statements, statements in this communication that are not historical fact, including statements regarding Zion's planned operations, anticipated attributes of geological strata that may be drilled or tested in the future, import of the drilling rig it purchased into Israel in a timely manner, and Zion's ability to successfully raise the funds needed to undertake all of its planned exploration efforts, Zion's ability to continue as a going concern, Zion's ability to have its common stock continue to be listed on the NASDAQ capital market, the timing and completion of the processing, interpretation of the results, and plans contingent thereon of the 3D seismic survey, the timing of the importation onto the well side of the purchase drilling rig, approvals needed for the rig's erection and startup, the effect, if any, of the coronavirus pandemic on the timing of the delivery and startup of the well, and operational risks in ongoing exploration efforts, are forward-looking statements which are made pursuant to the safe harbor provisions of Section 27A of the Securities Act of 1933, as amended, and Section 21E of the Securities and Exchange Act of 1934, as amended. These forward-looking statements are based on assumptions that are subject to significant known and unknown risks, uncertainties, and other unpredictable factors, many of which are described in Zion's periodic reports filed with the SEC and are beyond Zion's control. These risks could cause Zion's actual performance to differ materially from the results predicted by these forward-looking statements. Zion can give no assurance that the expectations reflected in these statements will prove to be correct and assumes no responsibility to update these statements. Thank you.